This week on the Chairsofter Show, we're here to tell you all about SHOT Show. None of us went, none of us handled the products firsthand, but we're here to tell you what to spend all your money on this year. Thank you, Eric. Yes, welcome to the Chairsofter Show, your weekly airsoft podcast interviewing retailers, manufacturers, sites and personalities within the airsoft community. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can contact me, facebook.com forward slash the Chairsofter Show, Instagram at the Chairsofter Show or by email on andy at the chairsoftershow.co.uk. Thank you very much for tuning in to this week's episode. This week, Eric's back again. Hooray! I'm, I'm glad to be back. <laughs> I'm glad you're here because you, you make the intros epic. <laughs> um, and Tom, aka Callsign Scoff, is here. The, well, the hey. master of the onion rings has turned up. As always, I'm sort of fanboying so, uh, at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, one thing to know about uh, Tom, Eric, if you come over for an event in the UK at any point, which we're oh, hoping no. you do, uh, I want if, to. If he has onion rings in front of him, <laughs> do not try and take one because he will literally bite your arm off. Oh, multi-threat like, threaten me with then. a good time. Your torso he, he, he would kill a man for an onion ring. He's not I understand. Wrong. There was a story, basically, we we got given a portion of onion rings accidentally, and before anyone could say anything, Tom had basically just grabbed one and eaten it, and we're like, well, we've brought them now. Yeah, I think it must have been about 0.2 seconds before I shoved yeah. that thing in my mouth. I, I yeah. really understand. I respect <laughs> that, actually. <laughs> I feel no that regrets. much stronger of a connection with you, knowing no this regrets. about you. <laughs> Yeah, and I wherever we go now, if we eat afterwards, I just have to order onion rings. It's just and soup of the day, and soup of the day, and not ask what yeah. the soup is. Yeah, you don't ask what flavor soup it is. You just order it and play. I the too like game. to live dangerously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, would you like to play a game? <laughs> right. So as we said in the introduction, or as Eric said in the introduction, um. None of us went to Shot Show, but we've heard a few things that came out. Um, there wasn't, there didn't seem to be that much coming out over the space of the week. I found. Yeah. Well, I've I've been to Shot Show uh, three times. I didn't go this yeah. year, but I've sure. been three times before. And I have to say, compared to the years where I went, uh, maybe it was just that the coverage hasn't all like come out yet. Yeah. But it does seem like this year was a little bit kind of lackluster. Hmm. Yeah. It makes me wonder if they're going to be saving stuff for IWA, maybe, because I went in 2018. God, yeah, it was two years ago, because it came up today. This time, two years ago, we were in an out burger. Um, but, yeah, uh, I have to say, when I went, I found that the airsoft side of it wasn't that big. Like, Yeah, you well, had it's to stand a lot of around. real firearm stuff. Yeah, it could be, obviously, being where it is, um, mm-hmm. you guys can have more fun than we can. America. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I've never been to Shot Show, <laughs> and I've never yeah, been to so- the States, so I'm, I'm really qualified to talk about these things. Yeah, but October, Tom. October. It is going to be a blast. Just don't try and keep up with me on the range. <laughs> well, not, not with the amount of money that you're considering to sink in. I can't afford yeah. to keep up. Yeah, I'm looking at dropping a grand on the shooting range when we head you're out mental. to Vegas you're in mental. October, Eric. That is actually a pretty good budget. 
Yeah. It's a good yeah. idea. Half, of, it, half of it's going on 50 cal. <laughs> oh, so what? That's like three shots? Yeah, basically. <laughs> we want to record it, and every time he fires it, it just dollar signs just come out of the end of the barrel. Yeah, $100 yeah. bills go flying down range in a slow motion video. Ammo's expensive. People uh, people forget that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doing my research. Right. Anyway, short show. So, we've got a list here of a lot of the stuff that we sort of saw come out between us and caught our eye. Um, I think it's fair to say that the stand that probably got the most coverage over the week had to be PTS. Oh yeah, by far. So, I think that's a good place to start because I think it was a daily basis where I was seeing yet another post from PTS. And don't get me wrong, their products are amazing. Like, I've got a few of their grips and some other bits and Hmm. really well made. Uh, they just feel right ergonomically for me personally. Obviously, there's a multitude of different options as well. Um, and the mags as well, the EPMs that they've yep. got. I use the... EPMs exclusively in my ARs. Agreed. Yeah. When I when think... I did the TM Recall ones, I made sure that I changed out all my TM Recall mags and got the EPM ones. Yep. Uh, that's yeah. how good they are. <clears throat> yeah, plus um, their furniture is really nice. So, you know, yeah, can't, yeah, can't exactly, lose yeah. there. Yeah, I've got PTS grips on all but one of my rifles now. So, um, but yeah, the EPM one. So uh, there was a little bit of uh, discussion about this ongoing in the UK mm. uh, as to whether it should be considered a mid cap or a high cap. Just because those discussions are being had in the US as well. Yeah, this is the thing because you, you you tend to think of a mid cap as sort of around a hundred and twenty mark, don't you? Yeah, and then you think in here if if you. I think it's what 250 the big ones yeah 250 uh, so really and truthfully that is the same as MP5 high cap mags I believe mm, more than some of them <laughs> yeah team uh, high cap or team mid yeah it, but I mean don't get me wrong it's going to be well made you know that oh uh, yeah I, li- I like the whole idea of the window as well yeah, uh, I, I actually have two of them on hand that I can talk yeah. about. Uh, I got sent a couple pre-production. And the fuel gauge, honestly, like, above and beyond the capacity, I think the fuel gauge is the coolest feature. Yeah. Because really? you can really tell where in the magazine you are in terms of depletion, and that's such a nice such a nice yeah. thing. I'm surprised no one did it before, honestly. Yeah. No, that's definitely something to keep an eye on, especially if, if you're in those tight situations yeah. and you're unsure whether to reload or not. Can't tell you how many times I've gone around a corner, pulled the trigger, nothing. Yeah, it's plus you know when you need to top off between rounds and whatnot. It's just mm. it's such a great feature. The capacity though is what's everyone what everyone is talking about. Yeah, I can I can feel Tom's pain as well with mags. <laughs> I had it the other week with one of my. It's not a rifle mag, it's a pistol mag, but um, the capacity mm. on them as well, knowing your shots because I think I pulled the trigger. And literally, as I pulled the trigger, I got that one hit off on... It was on Craig, actually, Tom. Was on oh, was it? Sneaky Jeebus. Oh, and um, the man, the I got that one shot into the back of him. He called the hit, walked off, and then I looked down and I realised that the slide was locked back. I was like, oh, Ooh. that could have been <laughs> awkward. <laughs> but um, don't, don't get me wrong, I think it's a great idea. And like, I'm guessing that you've used them extensively for testing purposes eric and, yeah uh, i've been I'm guessing trying they're holding different up fairly guns well. what's up i guess they're holding up fairly well as well which yeah um, i'm actually very impressed with them uh i can say 
that I will definitely be buying them myself when they come out. <laughs> but I'm oh, actually yeah. kind of trying to destroy these two they sent me. I'm in the <laughs> middle of leaving them loaded for like a month before putting them in a high RPS gun to see if they dump all the three twos I left in there without skipping. <laughs> but they did but, also have the shorter version as well, didn't they? Yeah, and that's 170 bags, so. BBs. Yeah. That's so, impressive. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, you're, you're getting more down towards what would be considered the capacity of a mid cap yeah. there. But I suppose mm-hmm. as technology's advancing and stuff as well, people well, are going to start. I want to give a shout out to uh, the guy who actually is working with PTS to design the innards of this magazine. It's actually the guy behind Odin Innovations, Jordan oh, from Odin Innovations, right. who designed the Odin Innovations speed loader, the yeah. M12 Sidewinder. He's designing these mid caps with PTS. So all of this innovation, like PTS is obviously doing a lot of work of, as well, but Jordan is really the brainchild behind how they managed to fit so many BBs into the same space as previous midcaps. So I just really quickly wanted to give him all the credit in the world for this design. Cool. Tasty collaboration right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, we know PTS make good mags. I've got the Odin Speedloaders. In fact, I've got two of them now. And... Um, <laughs> I know how well they work and they hold up, and as long as you put decent BBs through them, uh, they work really well. I did have some jamming, but that was because of the quality of the BBs that I had at the time. Uh, oh. Not mentioning any names. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't a well-known brand. You wouldn't have heard of them, probably Eric. Anyway, I think yeah, probably UK not. Based. But also from PTS, you had the M-Tech helmets. Uh, looking at the quality of those, like the photos I've seen of them, they look amazingly mm. built as well. Like I think I saw, I, I can't remember if it was Jet um, who posted up a photo of the real M-Tech next to the PTS one. Yeah, they did and a very good job replicating yeah, them. You can barely tell mm. the difference. It's I, I actually yeah. got to try on the PTS M Tech last year at last year's yeah. shot show because they had it on display. They were still like finalizing it. Yeah. But the prototype I tried on, I was impressed. Uh, I have a large head. Yeah. Um, I don't know what reference for UK sizing is, but uh, I have a twenty four well, a twenty four and a half inch circumference head, which is like an XL XXL in most hats that I buy. Yeah. Mm. And the PTS M Tech would fit me. And then you stuff in enough padding, and it would just as well fit my very small buddy, Garrett. So (laughs) an element of the design with that I'm very impressed by is the padding system is so versatile and adjustable that that one size shell of helmet fits such a wide variety of sizes of head. And that's Mm -hmm. actually one of the things that excites me most is having a replica helmet that will actually fucking fit. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that's that's the reason. I tend not to wear them, to be honest. Yeah, exactly Um, the same. It's the I first time it. I think I've looked at a helmet and actually considered it. I wear caps all the time, but seeing that replica, I've actually thought, you know what? If I'm going to try any kind of helmet and see how it runs for me, I would try the M-Tech. Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. I like the uh, Wendy's as well. I tried on Sheeps when I was in the States. Um, hmm. But they're expensive. But yeah, I mean, the PTS is going to be probably a damn sight cheaper, I would have thought. $120 is the uh, is the MSRP. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's a downside cheaper than the team yeah. Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, almost Definitely. a full like forty percent of, well, excuse me, sixty percent cheaper. Yeah. So um, we'll wait and see. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing those out on the market as well. You also had the mall. Everyone was talking about <sighs> that. I'm excited for. Yeah. Now, at first, there was a bit like, 
what is this thing that because like I saw a load of photos of it, but no one said what it actually was at first, and then it came out that it was the mall. And yeah, I mean, we as we were discussing before the episode started, an airsoft laser that's actually safe for your eyes. Yeah, that's something that I'm very excited for because number one, the form factor of the real B.E. Myers Mall is yeah. incredible, but. Obviously, the real BEI Myers Mall is an ITAR item, so exporting it gets really tricky. And yeah. it's, you know, over $1,000. So you're looking at quite an expensive option for an IR laser, but it's also yeah. an IR laser and illuminator plus a built in visible laser. And now you've got the airsoft version coming out that still has that form factor but it's going to be cheaper because it's going to be made overseas. Probably not quite to the same level of tolerance as the real one, so you wouldn't want to throw it on your real guns. <laughs> no. But it's going to be eye-safe. So class 1 FDA, three-quarter milliwatt power for the uh, for the IR laser. And for reference, a GNP D-ball is 15 milliwatts. I've had one measured. That's 20 <laughs> times the eye-safe limit. Jeez. Wow. I don't think that's something that's needed more in the UK communities. Um, I don't think I've ever seen anyone in the two years I've been playing using any kind of laser in a tactical situation, nor through smoke or just fielding it for any reason. So I think something like this may, knowing that it's eye safe, it might bring people to actually purchase them more and you might see some more on the scene. Yeah. yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been to sites where we could use them in the UK. Uh, the mall used to let you use them in Reading. Mm. Uh, before yeah. it closed, but they basically said that the minute someone's a dick with it, then they're banned for the rest of the day, and everyone's not allowed to use them. Mm. And I think Especially... people just don't bother because why? Why would you? At the end of the day, you're just mm. using it as sort of a um, aiming device. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only just... the only time I ever find lasers useful in any capacity is when using night vision. Yeah. Which I'm mm. I'm not sure how prolific night vision use is over in the UK because I don't think you guys have the same access uh, to like Gen three units we do. Yeah, I mean you get the milsimers that use it. Yeah, it's um, got more popular. Yeah, it's come. It's, it is getting more popular in the UK. Yeah. Uh, so you'll probably more see more people, more people yeah. buying stuff like the mall as that gets popular. But over here, if you go to milsim games, odds are good you're renting or you own night vision. Yeah. And I actually think the mall combines nicely with the M-Tech helmet that PTS is releasing because yeah. the mall is going to be an affordable, eye-safe, laser-aiming and illumination solution. And then the M-Tech is going to be an affordable night vision mounting solution because it actually has an aluminum uh, insert for the NVG mount. So that's going to be really nice that you can get that set up. And then, you know, the most expensive part, obviously, is actually getting your night vision unit itself. But you don't have to spend an extra $1,500 on what you're putting <laughs> the night vision on and then what you're putting on your rifle to make it work with the night vision. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you're saving a hell of a lot of money in the long term. Yeah, it'll make it a lot more accessible. Yeah. That's so that was really all we saw from PTS. Um, next, we'll move on to KWA, who... Ooh. Well, yeah, they, they've released some awesome stuff over the years. Uh, people who listen to the show know I'm a big fan <laughs> of the KWA stuff. I've got the TK45 and i just got the QRF Mod 1. And the first one we'll start with, which I jokingly said to the guys, was like, you've got the 10mm mag unlocking Call of Duty for the QRF Mod 1. Yeah. Is the QRF <laughs> Mod 3. Uh, because you've got that straight mag on it. Um, 
Now, yeah, it's, it's going to be the cure effort. I'm hearing lots yeah. of good things. I've not actually fielded mine yet, I'll, I'll be honest, uh, because at the time of recording, I've taken a couple of weeks out because I've had things going on. Um, I feel that. Yeah, yeah tell me about it. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to running it, and a lot of the feedback has been really positive about these guns. Mm. Uh so as I get to try that out in the field and get everything bedded in, uh, I'll be able to feedback more and more on that, and I'll probably not shut up about it and have to start a swear jar like I did with the <laughs> forty mic and the um, and the trip to Short Show two years ago. Uh, <laughs> but then you had a couple more of the Ronin series as well with the Ronin forty seven and the T ten. Now <laughs> the T ten, I'm really looking forward to because I like the look of that, it's and nice. I know the recoil guns that they produce are second to none at the end of the day um, the yeah, Ronin 47 no, um, I'm not sure how I feel about it because I've said on the ep- on the show before that when I look at AKs I tend to like the traditional look of AK mm. rather than the sort of let's say tactical M4 based AKs where, where it's mm. just an M4 body with an AK mag now yeah. well there's I a second way of feel. looking at that you could also look at it as a non-traditional M4, because yeah. what this really is is kind of an adaptation of the SR-47 concept that's yeah. been around mm. since Knight's Armament decided to try to make that weird fucking thing the CIA never <laughs> used. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, there are more manufacturers making those now. I mean, the yeah. the hype forum really has come from a lot of you know TV and video games and whatnot. And I yeah. think that it's kind of got a cult following with some people. So it's interesting to see that so many manufacturers now are making their own version of that concept for what really is kind of a cult gun. I wonder how many of yeah. them will sell that well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the look of the Ronin series as it is, as mm-hmm. we all know, from KWA. And I guess it might grow on me with the AK-47 mag, but personally, I'd go for the T-10 first. No, yeah, I wouldn't have been a style of M4 AKs. It just... Something about it just obviously looks wrong to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a Crytek TR-47 because I'm one of those weird nerds who likes the SR-47 <laughs> yeah. look. But now that I have that one, like, do I want to rush out and replace any like PDW I own with what is ultimately a less practical magazine system? Not really. Mm. It's, I, th- I think it's one of those things. It's a, it's a bit, as we'd say, a Marmite gun. You either love it or you hate it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and like it may grow on me. I just think if I was going for something with an M4 body, personally speaking, I'd go for the M4 mags. Yeah, plus you know you're looking at this short gun, and then you've got these huge magazines for it that doesn't yeah. really work that well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, series developing. You know, the Ronin series is obviously proven very popular. Uh, yeah. I don't think they've got any of the QRF mod ones that are in the UK left now um, I think there were only about nine actually made it over here and I've got one of them look at you <laughs> so, well PDWs have really taken over the CQB airsoft arena people they just, really yeah. love those you think about it you, you've got the likes of the QRFs coming out now you've got the, the ARP9 um, mm. and even the ARP556 to an extent, yeah. as, well, extent yeah. as well uh and just they're just the ones I can name off the top of my head thinking about it um There's a lot it, more but we'd be yeah. here for a while if we were listing yeah. all of them 
exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, like they've really taken off in the market on the last few years. I've just seen more and more of these things out in the field, and um, a lot of newer players are starting to go for the PDW styles as well. Because they work great for small frames, so yeah. younger players yeah. really love them. That's but then you get guys about, like yeah. me who are quite big as well and bulky, and then we start using them, and it just looks hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I could probably carry an ARP as a sidearm, but uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and people wouldn't bat an eyelid. No, no but I've got my FNX instead, which is not that much smaller, so. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, KWA, looking forward to that and um hoping to have them on the show in the next couple of weeks as well. Mm. So watch the space and if you've got any questions you want to throw at them about the KWA stuff, throw it at me. Not now. Not while we're recording, Eric. I'm yeah. looking at you. Ask them about the Chris Vector. I hear right that's now. A, yeah. Ask them about the Chris Vector. I hear that's a sore point. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say that's a hard no. <laughs> Audible sigh. Um, yeah. Well, that that funny enough. That was just after I started airsoft, and then I found out about that, and then I was like, but they they they, they don't make it no more. But I want it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, moving on. Um, <laughs> Airsoft Innovations—they announced something new, the Bang Twenty Two. Yes. And uh, I'm actually going to go to Instagram here for the photo because um, I'm trying to figure out what the decibel rating was. I can't remember it off it's the top high. of my head. It's very it's high. Bloody from high. Yeah, it's it's at um, least Thunderbee high, but we'll probably actually yeah, go off on like Thunderbees. The local site to us, he uh, or our regular site, he always takes the mick out of the BB grenades. Says they don't work. End of. Yeah. Um, here we go. So it's going to be about a hundred dollars. But uh, now this thing looks. Don't get me wrong. Airsoft Innovations. You know I love you. You you brought out the Master Mic. You brought out the Forty Mic. They're amazing bits of kit. But this the propane adapter see. is still the best and only yeah. good propane adapter on the market. Yeah, but I think from a UK perspective, this thing is going to get banned, especially at CQB yeah. sites. I'm looking at it now. It says 123 to 130 decibels at 10 feet, and it uses 22 nail gun cartridges. <laughs> Which I suppose for you guys, because we've had this discussion before uh, on the show about you guys not being able to get hold of um, BFGs or not being able to use them at a lot of sites because they get classed as a firearm or something. Yeah, yeah, it's fireworks regulations over here that are different. So getting a lot of like the crazy pyro you guys have is difficult. Yeah, but even then like the TRMRs and the... uh, blank firers that you get um you guys tend not to have those so i'm guessing this is sort of something more aimed at the u.s market maybe to the thing is i don't want to be unkind but uh the the issue that i have with this product is that it's a hundred dollars for a reusable grenade and reusable grenades really only make sense in indoor play areas yeah. A lot of indoor play areas don't allow blank fire grenades, and those that do, you still have to hope that you can go recover that blank fire grenade <laughs> and that yeah. no one swipes it. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Uh, at, at our local site, the jail, he's actually had to change his rules to yeah. say that like, he used to have a rule that you couldn't retrieve your grenades until you 
your team had pushed past that point. Yeah. But, but people probably because kept of people them. playing um, thievy bastards, we'll say. <laughs> um, they've had to change. He's had to change his rules now to say you can go and retrieve it as long as you don't sort of impede the gameplay. Like, yeah. expect to get shot if you're trying to yeah. get through and get your Which grenade kind of thing. Yeah, Which I think is fair that's... enough. Um, yeah, I think that's totally fair. But that is still the only spot where reusable grenades make much sense. Outdoor yeah. games, milsim games. Most people are buying Enola Gay EG67s or the tag-in hand grenades or the TSLFX that you can get still. And most people are just buying non-reusable pyro because that's just more practical for an outdoor type of application. So I'm kind of wondering how well this is going to sell. Makes me wonder who they're marketing it to. I almost wonder if it's more of a law enforcement training thing. Um, It could well be, yeah. yeah. I mean, that. that that would be a fantastic application for it. And um, the the thing that I think is going to get it banned from the places here is just the noise level more than yeah. anything. I don't, I don't know. We were discussing before the show, we don't know how easy it is to get hold of 22 nail gun cartridges over here. Probably not that easy as well, I'd think. Yeah, it's real um, easy in the US. Most hardware stores stock them. Yeah, I'm not sure about the UK stocking that sort of stuff because a lot of stuff tends to be air-powered or something mm. like that. Um, but we'll wait and see. Um, see what the sort of yeah. I wish them all the best. Over the, yeah, I, I do mm. wish them all the best. But honestly, I can see that getting banned in the UK quite easily. Definitely, uh, a local. lot of sites. I mean, it is timed as well, so it may make a bit more sense in. Uh, True, that does put it well above outdoor, most of yeah. the other blank grenades. Yeah, uh, I think the only other one I can think of off the top of my head at the moment is the Dynatex blank firing grenades hmm. um, which I've got two of and they're timed and they're really I've never even secure. heard of them <laughs> yeah come to the UK we'll show you them yeah. fun with reusable <laughs> grenades and be like oh my god we need yeah. this in America shit forget the scotch distilleries I want to go see I'll just go see the grenades <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> who, I mean who needs no who, I can't, who am I kidding after the amount I had at the Slipknot gig yesterday uh, I can't <laughs> say who needs alcohol <laughs> yeah, you don't get to talk about that I, I got called a monster on the train home because I had another beer in my hand while I was eating a Cornish pasty. Listen, a man, can't hand. be hung over if you're still it was drunk. A beautiful photo. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, right, moving on. G&G. Ooh, yes. Now, yes. Tom, you're really keen to talk about some of the stuff that they brought out, so we'll let you yeah. lead the way on this one. Yeah, I've always been a big purveyor of G&G. I've always enjoyed their products. My first riff was G&G. Um, so I've always been a fan of whatever they've been looking to bring out. I think the, the main thing to look at that they've announced this year is their brand new Type 64. Um, a lot of people, some people we know are interested in the, the Type 64 kind, uh, kind of weapons. Uh, it's got full wood stock, full wood grip. It is... One of the higher end GNG products. GNG are very obviously very well known for their starter guns with the combat machine, which still to this day really is the go-to for any starter in in the sport. But the interesting thing with the brand new 64 is that it comes with a little remote control to for the ETU to change all of your settings. Right. 
And um, from what what we were discussing as well, you haven't just got one for your gun. They you, they can distribute them to site owners yes. as well, I believe. So every gun comes with a small white style uh, remote control, and what their plan is is they will be creating black controls. Obviously, the white ones they will be coded to your specific gun, so you can't point another person's gun and change their settings mid-game. Although, however hilarious that would be. But that would be they, hilarious. I'd that be would into be that. great fun. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I'd be buy, if you could do that. I would be buying one. Just so I would one hundred percent buy one of those remotes, it, and I would be, fuck with all my like buddies movie, with those guns. But um, yeah, they. Not sure how they would pa- plan to distribute these, but they have also created a black version of this, this remote control, which is a universal remote control. So it best example to give is if you give this remote control to a person who runs a site. Me and Andy, our local, is semi-locked as it's a CQB arena. What he can do is he can take this black remote control and he can semi-lock every single gun on site that uses this new ETU system and you can't change it until he unlocks it via his device. So it's complete control over his playstyle, how he wants to run his site and what he wants to, to, to play as and what he wants to do with people. Well, that answers my next question because you never mentioned the fact that it would keep it locked before we started recording when we were talking about it earlier. So mm. I like I like that idea that you can keep it locked. Yeah. So you don't get someone go, oh, I've had enough of firing a single shot and just switch it to full auto. Oh, there's no excuse now. Yeah. No, yeah. Especially good for like fleets of rental guns that you want to program. Yeah. No, I didn't even think of that. That's that's even better. Yeah. Exactly. You can you can get all your rental guns and go right bang. Yeah. I almost and wonder if that's the real intended application for it because I know G and G does a lot with the rental market. Yeah, big time. Yeah, it could it could be that they're bringing it out this technology out on some of the higher end guns, maybe. So mm. is it, although I don't know, that doesn't make sense to me now. As I'm saying it out loud, it stops making sense as much. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's a, a, it's a guess. Gun before bringing it out on the. Uh, well, they, uh, from what I've seen, they plan to release this system in the Type 64, and they'll be starting to introduce them into their L85s as well. Yep. So there'll be the two guns on the market that will have this system. Um, something else that the controller can do is it will also be able to change the trigger lock. So you'll be able to actually change if you want a real hair trigger or if you want to do a nice full pull for that to be able to fire your gun. So there's a lot of applications for this little remote control for what for what you would normally have to hold the trigger for say ten seconds and wait for a few beeps. I'm almost curious why they didn't do a Bluetooth like uh, a lot of other ETUs have done though. Like the Gate Titan, you can hook up to your phone. Mm. Yeah, that that yeah, a Bluetooth app maybe that. Well, actually, actually uh, now that you mentioned the app part, I'm like, well, app development is fucking expensive, so this is probably (laughs) cheaper. (laughs) Yeah, true. Mm. Yeah, you're not paying that cost. And whatever small amount of people that maybe still don't have access to applications or even people who are, say, not necessarily too young or... I'm sure there would be lots of reasons for why they would have sat down in a boardroom and said, we're going to do it via remote control. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like the remote control makes a good bit of sense now that now that we're talking about this more because it's also very idiot proof. Like you kind of have yeah. to design things to the lowest common denominator. Yeah, yeah. And then, I'm waiting to see if the buttons have pew 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 pew. <laughs> yeah, uh, then I'll definitely <laughs> buy one. I'll absolutely buy one if that's the case. 
Yeah, I do Thomas wonder if they'll buy the gun, this. just buy the remote. Yeah, I'd just I'd buy the remote off of someone, give them <laughs> whatever they need, and just be like, yeah, I got this. Imagine the, my problem. My only problem with this is people who are either very very clever and could manage to code or recode these remote controls. That one of our friends uh, Andy mentioned it. And he came up with the, the idea that people are clever enough to potentially recode remote controls, especially if someone gets hold of a black one, they would potentially be able to find the code for Universal, and then do as we said, just go boop mid-game, yeah. screw someone over. Pretty soon you're gonna need antivirus for your airsoft gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Norton, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then you get it fucking slow your gun down and yeah. throw you install up an McAfee every five antivirus minutes. in your gun and it just explodes. Or you download the free one and your gun gets gun aids. Yeah. You get fucking <laughs> ad pop-ups in the middle of the fucking yeah. game. Yeah, like literally just a bit of paper comes flying out of the side of your gun. How much is there paper in there? Where did that come from? <laughs> um, oh, man. Other things we had. So um, you had the PRK9, yes. which you were saying you were interested in, Tom. So PRK9 it has been a shot show before. I believe it was there last year. Yeah, it was. Uh, I've, I've only been playing for around two years now. So last year I wasn't as into the sport as I am now, so I didn't really have much information going on. Uh, the PRK9 is, from what we can understand, as they've described it, essentially the AK tactical AK version of the ARP-9 whether it'll have the exact same internals or improved internals but it is a 9mm platform uh, AK and it comes with three variants there's the PRK-9 itself which is uh, small, no stock at all it's just going to have a sling point right there on slap on the back of the gun a bit like an uh, MP5K mm, yeah exactly uh, the PRK RTS, which will have a M4 style stock on the back of it to go coincide with that tactical AK feel. And there's also the PRK 9-L, which is a long version of the PRK 9 M-Lock rail, very much resembles their RK74 series, which I have uh, owned and still own one of those rifles. I have one major bone to pick with the PRK-9. Ooh, you were so five. close to making a PP-19. <laughs> you were so yeah. close to making a PP-19, and instead you went space gun. I, I just... <laughs> well, there's always room for the future, I guess. I, I hope so, because I love the PP-19. And when I saw the PRK from a distance and shot last year, I was like, mm. oh shit, it looks like they're making a PP-19. Then I got close, and my heart just broke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is, though, like, uh, G&G does a lot of the pseudo-replicas, though, I would call them. Like, kind of space gun-style stuff. So I think that yeah. for that market that they're pursuing, which a lot of people like, I think mm. that for that market, it's actually an excellent type of release. Yeah. But for guys like me who like, you know, the more down-to-the-details type of replicas, it's probably going to be a miss. Yeah. It's probably why I'm interested. I've just picked up a SMC9, which basically looks like it's been pulled straight out of Titanfall. So yeah. I'm really much of someone who likes the weird. But um, over time, I have, for the last maybe year, seriously considered investing in an ARP9 because there's a reason why they're popular. There's a reason why everyone has them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're actually really good guns. They're fantastic. They are 
amazing bits of kits. So many people in the UK have them, especially in the UK. And I've always been a big fan of AKs. As my first riff was an AK, being the RK74. And um, to see those two come together is something that immediately took my eye and was almost already take my money, just like one yeah. on the table already. Uh, and they will also be releasing a drum mag, not on launch. That will be, I think, around 800 rounds, they mentioned. That's cool. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to be that arsehole running around with a a <laughs> tiny AK without a stock and a drum mag. That's oh, actually well, very we- Russian, so you know. <laughs> yeah. While we're talking about drum mags, KWA, going back to them, please make a drum mag for the M93 Rafika. <laughs> please make a gas drum mag, because it's already awesome. It just needs to be made more awesome, so I can just run an M93 as a primary. What, the Stendo <laughs> clips ain't good enough? No, yeah, no, you need a drum mag. Uh, that's fair. All right, like fair the, enough. The beta mag, like at the start of um, one of the James Bond films, just have it like that and just go mental. Like, think about it. All right, um, okay, yeah. I see this vision. I, I understand now. Good right, man. With you. <laughs> um, last thing you mentioned from G&G, if we go back on topic, was the SSG-1. Uh, yeah, the uh, controversial kinda... speed-softing uh, M4-based <sighs> rifle that comes in multiple yeah. colours... Uh, it's an interesting one. People either like it or they hate it. Is it just me or is everyone starting to call their rifles SSG now? <laughs> True. Navrich has the SSG already, so... Yeah. G-G and I, think, I, I don't fight. think this is the only SSG I've heard of. Yeah. I so, think I've heard more. <laughs> there, there's definitely a lot of SS type of guns, like SSX, SSG, whatever. Yeah. But my main thing with the SSG, honestly, I wonder if G&G has just unnecessarily duplicated effort because speed softers already just buy the fucking ARP-9. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. do you really need this specialty thing when the ARP-9 exists and has already cornered so much of the market? Yeah. Well, until recently, I would have agreed with you. And obviously, ARPs, when you can look at it, different colors. The SSGs have different colors. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the advantages that the SSG one has is I don't know if this was information that was known or if this information has just come out for Shot Show, is that they will all have a tracer unit inbuilt into the rifle stock. I, I remember hearing about that, but I don't remember if it was that they were tracer compatible or that it was built in. But now hearing that it's definitely built in, yeah. that's definitely a selling point. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely pushing towards that speed softing market, and also that the M4 style stock can be angled. Uh, but it's already know. dropped. Like it's even when dropped, it's yeah. straightened out, it's already dropped enough for most masks. Mm. You can, yeah, you can angle it at some very questionable angles, almost to the that's, point that's, of That's degrees. my big concern with that. Is there going to start being blind firing arguments at sites mm. based on the fact that you can turn that stock to such weird angles? Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like if you really want to get a low profile and you're not concerned with realism, you're not even engaging the stock anyway. A lot of people yeah. break the stock from their shoulder to corner tightly. So I wonder if the stock turning and dropping like that is going to be necessary. I am a little concerned that the durability is going to be an issue because that mm-hmm. hinge is a serious weak point. Yeah, mm. uh, there is a serious... Uh, like, I'd, I'd assume... With the amount of time and effort that G&G put into their products to, well, I think the fact the Combat Machine series speaks for itself yeah, as a starting time. point, and then you go from there. 
you'd kind of hope that they're going to put that time and effort into making sure that that is reinforced nicely and it's just going to work every time. Yeah, big time. Yeah, I, I hope they did. It's just, I, I don't know. I, I also have to admit, I just don't, it, it's totally outside of my market, that gun. Like, I, I look at it and all I see is, wow, this feature seems wasted, this feature seems wasted. The yeah. Like, the mm. double trigger with an ETU AEG gearbox, it, that gun isn't going to cycle fast enough for you to really take advantage of that double trigger. Yeah. I, I You can tell it's very much aimed at a specific corner of the market of airsofters. Mm. But I'd, I'd argue it's a growing specific corner. It, it is a growing oh, yeah. specific corner. But I, I do wonder if maybe... Like I said, I, I think the ARP is so popular, and now they've got the PRK. I don't honestly anticipate the SSG being that popular because there's so many other good choices in that space, and the SSG is long for what it is too. Mm. Yeah, that is a pretty lengthy bit of kit. Um, obviously, the barrel is pretty much—it's tiny. It's basically just the barrel with an outer shell on this on going around the whole thing so it's going to be very easy to c-clamp you'll basically be c-clamping and your fingers will be touching each other your fingers will be getting your palm but um it's something to look at i think because i think the uh, gng i uh, especially as andy said the combat machine is one of those things that is just not questioned and it's it's very much a staple of the sport yeah it'd be interesting to see if the ssg1 becomes the next version of that you have Say someone who wants to start airsoft. Do you want to? Do you want to move into one side of it? Of it? Do you want to move into speedsoft? If you want to go into one side, you buy the combat machine. If you want to go into speedsoft, you buy the SSG one. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if it becomes that ingrained. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think. Uh, I still think the ARP is honestly the more practical choice for its target market. But if I mean, it I'd, if it I'd works out, the then you know, awesome. I, I hope they're right because you know, God knows, I want to see all these companies make their money. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We, we we want to see companies keep doing new and exciting what? things to keep mm. sort of driving airsoft forward. Yeah, and, um, and you know what? The worst case scenario, if it doesn't sell well, they'll just replace it. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, right, we'd better move on. Yeah, because I've just realised we're only four into the list and we're already forty minutes in. We've been <laughs> having some good debate. Oof. Yeah, um, elite force. So, Eric, you. You know more about elite force as a brand uh, because they're very much yeah they're very U.S. Elite centric force in the U.S. Now, I, if I understand correctly, it's sort of elite force and VFC are very tied in, if not the same company, just under different names. Well, uh, elite VFC is their own company overseas, but Elite Force yeah. is one of the main importers, distributors, and license holders of VFC products. Right. So VFC is a separate company, but Elite Force works very closely with them and ultimately is their main U.S. distributor, from what I understand. And, um, yeah, so the main things they really had to show off this year, Elite Force, was one of the VFC uh, Avalon internal M4 SOP mods, like an M4A1 Block 1 SOP mod. And it's funny, uh, some buddies and I were talking, it's funny how that used to be, like, the boring thing everyone got. (laughs) And yeah. now in the U.S. market, it's actually like hard to find a good one of those. Yeah, it, it, it's, the traditional look has definitely come back in the last couple of years. Mm. People are starting to go for the more original sort of M4s and M16 looks, and 
you see, you see more and more of them on the field and less and less of the railed versions in some cases. Yeah, well, because I think uh, when initially a lot of the space gun ARs came out, it was very exciting, but the military stayed very true to like their original type of deal, and then AR development took different uh, different avenues, and so much of what like Milsim airsofters especially do follows the military that ultimately now we're like, oh shit, we swung too far in the space gun direction, now we gotta come <laughs> back. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and then they had the uh, the block two as well, a Daniel Defense licensed VFC Avalon SOP mod block two, which is Ooh. interesting to see that now Elite Force is going to be kind of your one stop shop for your SOP mod stuff from VFC, which is kind of cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. Which a lot yeah. of people think is boring, but uh, you know, if you're if you're an impression guy or if you do a lot of Milsim games, then you'll probably be excited about it. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you're going for a specific look. Um, what else did they have? You said about some dark guns. Oh they man! Had. Yeah, they, they have a new series of dark guns called the Wrecked series. And <laughs> is that spelled R E three K T? R E K T. Close enough. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are these the um? Is the CO2 this part ones. of your nerf, your ongoing nerf thing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in the in the gun gamers discussion group on Facebook, shameless plug. Um, we've been shit posting about nerf a lot lately, and, uh, <laughs> and, and that actually kind of made me think about the the wrecked series of dart guns. I've actually I've actually messed around with a couple of those wrecked dart guns, and they they are more fun than they have any right to be. But uh, but yeah, it, it's funny that now like you've got Elite Force Umarex, this major player in the air gun and airsoft market. Now they're like trying to go after Hasbro's nerf money. And it's just <laughs> they're coming, they're coming. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens there. I just thought it was worth mentioning because if only for the name is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, then I had a, as you defined it in our little chat before the show, a deluxe Glock 34. Yeah. Uh, the, so they've got, obviously, Elite Force holds the Glock license in the United States. I think Umarex holds it mostly abroad, which yeah. Elite Force subsidiary of Umarex, all that shit. Um, so the Glock 34 deluxe was what they were showing off, and that's like a CNC slide, a CO2 magazine. Like, uh, Hopefully that'll be a nicer kit than like the standard VFC Glock series, but what I noticed mm-hmm. they didn't show off was the deluxe version of the Glock 19 and Glock 17, and I think that's because GHK basically upset their plans for what their original deluxe Glock yeah, series was going to be. Yeah, I was just going to say, you've got the GHK coming out this year. Which is leaps and bounds better than any other Glock replica that has been made in Airsoft ever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's GHK. Yeah. So, need I say any more? When you look at gas <laughs> blowback, the te- place you tend to look is GHK. Yeah, and, I'm really um, excited for it. And we do have some, like, backroom type of unofficial confirmation that Elite Force will probably be importing those. So, I, I kind of think that the other deluxe guns suffered the way of the Dodo in response to GHK releasing their, you know, yeah. fucking hammer drop of that thing. <laughs> yeah. Because that literally came from nowhere at the tail end of last year, didn't it? It was like, oh, 2019's nearly out of the way. We're going into a new decade. Uh, let's just drop this right around Christmas time and just make <laughs> everyone really excited. And I've already asked for one to be brought in when they come out. Yeah, no, I, I want three. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I mean, what would be interesting as well is to sort of see how it compares to other replicas on the market as well. Because mm. you got when when you think about sort of people who are going to be reviewing it, you don't want to just say, "Well, it's GHK, it's amazing," because we know it's going to be an amazing gun because it's GHK. But then you need to look at the practicalities of that compared to other replicas. So, uh, who knows? Elite Force could still have a space in the market for those who don't quite want to go for the full GHK. True. So let's be honest. The mags yeah. are going to probably cost about £80 a pop. Well, I plan on buying one, and I'll do a comparison to my uh, G, uh, my Elite Force VFC Glock. And uh, I'll probably end up selling my VFC Glock if the GHK is as good as I'm anticipating. But we'll find out. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely. Moving on now. Uh, Lancer Tactical. I'm, I'm just going to have to go out and say it straight away. You know exactly what I'm going to say. Oh, we, the Mark 19. I was so excited. <sighs> and then it was just crushed and my hopes and dreams were That was broken. the worst case of in real life clickbait I have ever seen. Where's the little <laughs> violin? Where is it? As I made the meme, Thomas had never seen such bullshit before. <laughs> um, which is uh, actually aimed at Tom in this yes. group as well. We, we make memes about uh, everything based on him. But yeah, I was looking at it and I was like, oh my god, they've, made, they've basically taken what TM did with the recoil LMG and they've just made something next level. And then it came out that the shells were just for show because like you you were seeing the group discussions where people were like i will sell kidneys to be able to run <laughs> this on tag rounds i was already like placing bets on which squad was gonna pool to bring one to the next milsom west yeah i don't get me wrong it's a cool concept and it's a really it, good idea yeah i mean it, it, it's day, neat looking it, it's a it's a decent looking replica but the fact that it's just a dual hpa machine gun I could take the classic army double M4, put HPA engines in it, and do the same thing for a thousand dollars. Yeah. Why? Why do it's... you need an eight thousand dollar shell for just a fucking HPA LMG? It's such a missed opportunity. Yeah. Like it's... Nerf has had belt feed fi- figured out for like twenty years, <laughs> and you couldn't get a belt fed tag and launcher for eight grand. All right. <laughs> Eric's oh. really getting on the nerf train right now. He's not played airsoft for a few weeks. Oh, dude, it, it's nerf or nothing. Uh, Gun Gamers Discussion yeah. Group, your one stop shop for all, all your nerf shit posting. <laughs> He's just replicating the mission from COD, going up the buildings, nerf guns. Like, yeah, I've got this. One thing that you mentioned that I'm actually kind of excited for is the Rhino. Yeah. The replica, because. That thing's monster. Like I, I first came across that thing on Demo Ranch. Yeah, the uh, Chiapa the Rhino is a weird, cool gun. It's like a, yeah. almost a spiritual successor in terms of looks to like the Mateba, but yeah. nowhere near the mechanics. And it's just such a cool, weird gun. I'm surprised that we haven't had a good airsoft replica. And I mean, jury's still out on whether or not it's good, but it's probably based on the wind gun CO2 revolver system. So how do you mess that up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the thing you've got to remember with it is the fact that this this gun, for looks, for those of you who don't know what the Rhino is... Look it up. Uh, basically, <laughs> just imagine what they would have thought of in like the 70s and 80s as the revolvers of the future in films, and that's what the Rhino basically is. That's the only way I can describe how it looks. Well, well it's actually based on a sound concept. It's a lower bore axis version of a like high-caliber revolver. So the recoil is flatter and straighter because it goes more in line with your arm. 
I mean, an airsoft, that obviously doesn't matter at all. But yeah. for the real gun, that's kind of where the design came from. Cool. Mm-hmm. And there we go. Eric's fun facts of the day. <laughs> Sorry. I almost need a jingle for that. <laughs> go on, make one. Or make Eric's one. knowledge bombs. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have to think of a jingle. Well, we'll come up with something, I'm sure. Yeah. It'll for the next like time a, you're on the show, we'll have Eric's knowledge bombs in a jingle. Yeah, it'll just be like an <laughs> offensive death metal jingle. I can get down with that. Yeah, done. Right. <laughs> right, we'll get that. But yeah, I, I look forward to seeing that come out for sure. Uh, yeah, it'll be cool. Hmm. I've done something. I'll probably buy one and distress it for post-apocalyptic games, because it's definitely got that like retro-future type look. Yeah. Um, Jag, as you said, they were showing off the modified PP2000. Yeah, mm. that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be cool for all the Russian guys out there who want a gas blowback SMG. Well, we yeah, actually know someone who's got one on order, and he's very excited for it. He pretty much sent off the order for one as soon as it was available. Really, he got a package. He's gonna get the license suppressor torch with it as well. Yeah, cool. be good to see what that's gonna turn out like. I'm definitely gonna. I anticipate the seeing them pretty heavily at like Milsom West Insurgency games after they come out. Because you could just stuff it in a satchel or a briefcase and carry it around and do your FSB LARP. Mm. It's going to be good to see. Definitely interested. Um, Sorry, I'm just going through. One of my monitors has just died in a unique way. (laughs) Oh, shit. This works. Do tell. So it's it's just decided, like, it looked like it had frozen Windows. Right. And now I switched it off and I switched it back on. Classic. Oh no, it's working now. Thank God. For oh, that. there you go. You fixed it on and off again. Perfect. No, I, I did it once. I turned it off on and off once, and it just come back white screen. And I was oh. like, Oh well, that's well, fucked. That's, that, that's an good. expense I didn't expend, expend this year. <laughs> and now it's working podcast. again. So right, moving on. That's, that's, that's how live this is. Technical issues happen, and we, we just report. Beep. It's, on not, it's on not an amateur podcast if there aren't a million technical <laughs> issues. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, but you know what the difference between an amateur and professional podcast is? The professional podcast technical Kev. issues are even worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I thought it was just because random guy Kev's not on here. Oh, true. You know, if we got Kev on here, then it would be a professional podcast. Yeah. Then I'd have to do my Joe Rogan impression and break out the DMT. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on, Red Wolf. I've not heard a lot from their stand yet. I've seen some photos, but the thing I'm is, I guess of- the content is going to come out. Yeah, most of what Red Wolf had this year is stuff they showed off uh, in various stages at other shows. And that's been a thing with a lot of the SHOT shows, but like uh, th- this year especially, it seemed like it was a lot of updates. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so the Battle Arms development, uh, as we called it, the bad gun last yeah. year. Um, the 556LWAEG, uh, they had a bit more about that. Uh, the Agent Two, the now. Agent Two, I'm excited for actually. Yeah, they re- they had a couple of the agents at IWA last year, and they are really nice pistols. Like they are amazing. And then I found out how much they cost. Yes, and I was instantly like, for a <laughs> pistol. But you got the Warhawks coming out, which are sort of like the cheaper version. I'd say they're, they're, they're much cheaper. They're obviously. A variation on the Nighthawk Customs. The Nighthawk Custom is an amazing, well-proven gun. Um, and now they're providing the um, 
little attachment that goes in the nozzle to bring the power down as well for the UK. Oh, uh, solid. I, that's why I actually got one, because I could actually use it now. <laughs> and that thing is absolutely solid. You, I think you've had a go, haven't you, Tom? Yeah. And you were well uh, impressed. Yeah, I was impressed by that, to be fair. I remember um, thinking, yep, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I did see, which I'm hoping we're going to hear more about from Red Wolf, is the Roger Tech headset. Um, I haven't heard anything about that. Now, th- this was actually on a couple of the posts that came up on Red Wolf's Instagram before the show, <laughs> but there's not been much coverage of it yet, so I'm waiting to see what comes out of that and how that's going to get into the market of these headsets that you use for your comms, your ear protection, whatever. It'll be interesting to see how that competes in that market where you've already got some really well-established names like mm. um, Peltor and MSA with Swordins and things like that. So I'll wait and watch that one. Uh, yeah. Moving on, Speckner, they were there uh, with the Edge 2.0s as we called them. Yeah, and uh, and they've got the Gate Aster coming in those now, which is yeah, that's a high bar for electronics to be coming from a factory gun now. So I'm actually yeah. pretty excited yeah. to see that development. It is amazing how in the last few years you're starting to see more and more tech getting crammed into these guns that are coming out of the factory. And the thing with Spectre, you know, you're getting a decent gun and it's really fucking cheap. Yeah. I've I actually the, haven't had the chance to mess with the Spectre yet. Yeah, I've got one of the cores um, for part of the rental guns that I'm setting up. And uh, one of the things that I'm really impressed by is just the quality of the gun. Bearing in mind it's a yeah. polymer body, blah, blah, blah. But it just seems nice. No, they are nice. And um, like it shoots well. Uh, it was really consistent, actually. I chronoed it on point twos at my local site before I'd set the hop. Uh, so just straight out of the box on there. And um, it was chronoing, I think it was 300 FPS on the dot plus or minus three. Mm, nice. So that is consistent. I think Specknet almost speak for themselves in the fact that they've only really burst onto the UK scene within the last year. Yeah, and we, I know people who have traded out their Tokyo Marui recoils for stock Specknets that come with MOSFETs inside of them because their reliability and their price point is almost at a level that is unmatched. Yeah. The the curious thing I know about Specknet because I was I I actually have a, a member of my Discord who worked at Evic for a while, and uh, people were talking about the Specknets in there. And he actually chimed in, and apparently in the U.S., this is why I wonder if there's a difference between the U.S. and U.K. Specna. Apparently the Specna's Evic has sold in the U.S. have like a 40% return rate. Really? Yeah. So I'm not sure if there's like a difference or if like the quality control in the U.K. is done differently than the final quality control in the U.S. Like maybe the distributors handle more of the final quality oh. control, or I don't know. This is actually a discussion I had with the uh, Airsoft Monkeys, the local mm. techs to us, and um, a few other people as well, in fact. And they were saying that the early batches, there was a lot of returns and a lot of issues, and there were a lot of failures. Gotcha. But they seem to have gone to the drawing board again, improved the insides, and 
particularly the core, they're really reliable. Apparently, a lot of the issues were around the edges. The core gotcha. seems to hold up. Because I think the edge is mainly what Evix stocks. Mm. So maybe the early batches of edge were what gave them that crazy return rate. Yeah, and then obviously as time goes on, they start looking at that and they go, hang on a minute, we need to sort something out here. Which almost makes you wonder if the Edge 2.0 is their response to those problems they were having, and now with the better electronics, it should be more reliable. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Which in in which case, I applaud them for the type of improvement and that type of commitment. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what you want to see at the end of the day, someone that's going to go, right, okay, hang on, we've obviously made a mistake here, let us go and have a look and come back fighting yeah yeah and luckily i think it was before they got too big so they didn't get like oh, yeah so they one of them they're crap blah, they, they blah, didn't blah. piss off the entire marketplace by the time yeah. everyone had heard their name <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um moving on uh asg the bmt universal service weapon. Mm. Really yeah the only thing to come out of that this year um, now looking at it, it, they were saying that it's. I think it's CZ uh, internals. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar to that. Um, that they were using. Obviously, it's green gas or CO two, full metal. It's all licensed up. Blah blah blah. But I don't know. Yeah, they've got the the full licensing. The only thing they weren't able to obtain was the aim point license. Yeah, and therefore they've gone for a Picatinny option for the site instead. And then they had um, a Vortex on top of it. I see the logic in them releasing this because, like, carbine kits for gas blowback pistols are pretty popular. But with so many good carbine kits for people's like already highly tuned gas blowback pistols, yeah, I wonder if like the weird kind of limited handling characteristics of this USW are going to manage to appeal themselves to people who could just as easily 3D print whatever they want for their high yeah. kappa. Yeah. Or, or worst case scenario, you're going to go for, if you want something sort of SMG-esque uh, that can technically be a pistol, are you going to go for, say, an MP5K or an MP7 that's well-established on the market if you want to go mm. for something that's got the stock on it and everything and then you just have your pistol with yeah. your pistol? Or the PP two thousand. Yeah. yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I want to I want to see I want to give them the chance. I want to see how this uh, is welcomed in the community as such, and how it is received. What I see um, it being popular. Do, do any military or police forces use the USW? I don't know. Because if That's any military or police forces use the USW, then like I could see someone buying it to replicate that type of kit or loadout but that's like a very yeah. specialty niche market you know you're yeah. talking the kind of guys who buy an mp9 and convert it to be like the tmp variant used by the russian fsb it's so yeah. like four people mm, definitely I'm trying to find one out. of those ones that comes around only for the people who actually want to as you say create kits um yeah. i can't imagine obviously no offense to sg i can't see it becoming one of those things that you see regularly on a field but there'll definitely be a market that look at this thing and definitely consider that it'll be something that they want in their arsenal. And to be honest, I, I considered buying the Shadow 2, and that's what they're heavily comparing it to internally-wise. So depending on the price point... Yeah, it's got a solid base. Yeah, yeah, big time. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see how it's received in the supermarket, and I, I kind of hope it goes well for them. Um, obviously, we know the licensing is a very heavy selling point for ASG. Um, yeah. So it'll, it'll be interesting for sure. Uh, I kind of want to see how it, it goes and give them the benefit of the doubt with this one, and I, I'm sure it'll go well. You, you know, people will want it just because it's something unique and different at the end of the day as well. Hmm. Um, so yeah, let's see. Uh, moving on. ICS. The only thing that really came out was their AKs. Yeah, well, they're at the ASG booth because ASG distributes them in the US. Yeah, um, and yeah, is they they tend to sort of be sidelined with ASG in the UK as well. Uh, they yeah, run side by side. Uh, now I've got on my notes here. Eric doesn't like. Them. <laughs> <laughs> but as we discussed, we're very. I think you and I are the same sort of mindset that. If we're looking at an AK, we want it to look like an AK. Yeah, like I like modern AKs, um, you know, like Russian Zenitco style, you know, FSB type AKs. And I like traditional wood, you know, insurgent type AKs. Mm. Then you get into like the Americanized Magpul Tapco type AK and I just immediately lose interest. (laughs) <laughs> and the new ICSAK, at the risk of saying the Emperor has no clothes, looks to me like the worst aspect of every Americanized polymer furniture AK. <laughs> and I have no doubt it's well built. I know ICS makes great guns. I have no doubt the internals are great. But if that furniture isn't able to be replaced after market, they have shot themselves in a much more vital body part than the foot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's at least the testes yeah <laughs> like they were trying to appendix carry and they had an uncle mike's holster and it didn't work out <laughs> it all went downhill from there thomas yeah. had never seen such bullshit before. <laughs> oh, uh, um, I, I i'm it, like I, I hate it because ics always makes good guns and their old ak's yeah. were pretty well regarded and now they've got this cxp ark coming out and, like, I can't even bring myself to research the internal features because the externals are so god-awful. Yeah. See, I'm at the other end on this. I I like the look of this ICS AK. I'm not a big fan of tan tactical AKs. That's personal. But a nice a black tactical AK yeah, comes back to the They do have the black I'm... coming out, so maybe that'll be better. Yeah. yeah. It comes back to why I'm looking forward to the PRK9 from G&G is I'm a, and have owned an RK74 by them. As I'm a, I am a fan of the modern American AK tactical style. And although I can't really tell you why, it's something that attracts me to that, is having that, um, all the the bits and bobs on it, like an M4, your torch, your sight, and everything. But having that AK platform style all meshed into one, and that, I enjoy that. So if, if, if um, the internals, which I'm sure are fantastic... If there's a black version, which I'm sure, again, there will be, there's definitely something that I would look at and prick up and probably want to run the game or two and give it a go. No, that's fair. I, I mean, different different tastes, different strokes. It's oh, just, yeah. Uh, time. Which time. I guess is the point of all these different companies releasing this stuff, is they hope to yeah. a- appeal to their niche. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, we get, the, the next one was quite interesting, because this was a little nugget that Eric found that I hadn't clocked. Yeah, I didn't know. And I'm actually really excited for this. Uh, So Sigair, they were releasing pistol-specific red dots for their new pistol series that's out. Yeah, this was something I I only caught. I believe it's the Pro line. 
Uh, yeah, so line? so the the way that Sig uh, names their airsoft line is it's the Sig Air Pro Force uh, line. That's couldn't yeah. be longer, right? It couldn't be a longer name. But yeah. under the Sig Air branding, there were Sig Air branded micro red dots mounted on the Pro Force airsoft M17s that they had on yeah. display. And I saw that. And I'm like, wait a minute. So is Sig Air going to be releasing affordable pistol red dots? And it's looking that way. And I'm actually pretty excited about that because God mm. knows we've all suffered with the quality control of knockoff RMRs for long enough. <laughs> yeah. And um, it, it really is them coming into the airsoft market by storm at the end of the day because we're starting to see Sig Air coming into the UK more and more now. Mm. Uh, I've just asked my local retailer to order the M17 in. Uh, so mm, I'm hoping to get nice. hold of one of them in the next few weeks, uh, yeah. Because you know, Sig. Well, well, well it's going to be interesting to see how it goes now they've taken everything in house. Yeah, uh, their products are obviously starting to be well received. Well, because Sig knows how much money is in the airsoft market because they yeah. know how much money Cybergun didn't pay them. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> we've <laughs> we've definitely got Sig coming in hot, knowing that hey, we could make some dollars if we do this right. So I'm pretty excited that they're offering all that type of stuff in-house. And SIG really, as a company, seems to be moving more in the direction of like a total firearm solution manufacturer. I mean, mm-hmm. now they've got their yeah. MGs coming out that are being approved by SOCOM and entered in the NGSW contest. But that's a whole separate rant. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's, it's going to be great because it provides that training alternative as well. They can keep yep. everything in-house. They can speak to them. If they were selling to a law enforcement or military group they can go right so you've got training here it's going to save you money this is airsoft guns basically but it saves you money uh because you're not firing blanks off left right and center you're doing this that and the other and then it can then progress on to sales of the real guns and then like it will go full circle as well which is going to be really interesting to watch that happen yeah it's going to really hope it does go that way for them but Mm. as as we all know people are going to buy the next best thing to a real steel gun especially in the uk because we don't get real steel that much um, <laughs> yeah and in new york state you know we're not that much yeah. better with some stuff yeah <laughs> so uh, I, I can't wait to see how that goes down um if they do these red dots they're going to be going off the shelf like hotcakes i think yeah. people buy the pistols more and more in the uk they're going to be flying out the door as they provide that nice middle ground. If you were to look at any kind of red dot for a pistol, you're either looking at something that maybe cost you 30 or 40 quid bought off of Amazon, or you're looking at Vortex, which is going to yeah. cost you anywhere from uh, 200 to £300. So yeah. it, it, it's going to give you that nice middle point where you can buy yourself a good quality red dot at a cheaper price. It's going to be more affordable. And as you said, because of that, shelves gone. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the beauty be of them doing it as well is they can hopefully understand what's going on with the airsoft market, make it a little bit better for airsoft use. Yeah, if you get what I mean, like a bit tougher, a bit stronger, so it's going to stand up to airsoft, say, an impact from a BB or something, so it doesn't mm. immediately shatter. <laughs> my, my big thing is going to be battery life too. Like, hopefully, it's yeah. got enough battery life that you can like put it in a battery leave it on for a weekend long game and it'll still have life when you pull it up for the last last yeah. shootout yeah um, well <laughs> while we're talking about sites this brings us on to something else that you found as well 
uh, yeah. which is the Hollow Sun low profile Glock pistol red dot with no batteries. Yeah, this was posted in a Facebook group I'm in that's dedicated to real firearms, but yeah. I'm pretty excited about it because again, Hollow Sun is kind of you know they're they're similar ish to Vortex pricing, but they're a lot cheaper than things like Aimpoint and Trijicon. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. They're uh, they're a Chinese optics company, but they do kind of push their own levels of innovation and original things they do. And this pistol red dot they released is super low profile, low profile enough that on a Glock MOS series, which is one of the Glocks pre-cut for a red dot, it's so low you can use the factory iron sights and still use those as backup sights through the red dot window. So. Wow. You know how normally you need to get like suppressor height sights to do that. This is so low yeah. that it just does it with the factory sights. That's cool. That's impressive. Yeah. And the way they did it is because it's got a solar panel on top of the uh, the basically the glass lens housing. And that solar panel charges a capacitor, not a battery. And that capacitor mm. has 2,000 hours of life between solar charges. Wow. So... Is, this could be something that we see take the airsoft market by storm in the future. I, I would buy one because not having to change out batteries actually kind of saves you money in the long run. Yeah. Especially if it's like maybe $300, which yeah. I, I'm, I'm ballparking here, but if it's 200 to $300 for a no-battery, low-profile pistol red dot, yeah. you save money not having to change out batteries, and you can just leave it and forget it. And that lack of hassle is so worth it to me. Yeah. yeah. So that excites me more. That idea excites me more than the red dots we've just spoken about. Uh, my question would just be, obviously, durability. But if, if they're being marketed to real steel rifles, I wouldn't really question the durability anyways. Yeah, they were so, designed for the real Glock MOS series. So exactly. I figure a gas blowback airsoft gun won't be too harsh on them. No, exactly. So yeah. I, definitely something to, to look into especially that battery life between solar charges that's that, that that's a number i would have never expected to come out of something like that that small in that yeah. form factor yeah now hollow sun has their hiccups every now and then especially with like first batch products so i mean i'll probably wait and see how the initial reviews are before going rushing out to buy one but i anticipate that it's going to be if not a major revolution in itself, a kickstart to making other people be like, holy shit, we need to get on top of this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, now, the last one that we've got here, uh, Wolverine Airsoft. Um, you saw some cool stuff from uh, 33 gram CO2 options. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and so- they also have a kit for their sniper rifles to have a CO2 stock which I know has been a much-requested feature from guys who run the uh, the bolt kit from Wolverine. Obviously, the 33-gram CO2 stock is an answer to the fact that Polar Star basically came in and took Wolverine's lunch money from the Wraith stock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, because Wolverine's like, oh, well, we put out the Wraith stock. It takes 12-gram CO2 cartridges, gets like 100 to 200 shots per charge. Then in comes Polar Star. It's like, oh, yeah, we actually designed our own 33-gram CO2 cartridge and a stock around it, and it gets 400 to 500 shots per charge. So yeah. so now yeah. Wolverine has had to answer that, and, uh, and now they've come out with the sniper rifle kit, the sniper rifle stock kit that no one has made. So I, I think what we're seeing in action is the, the eternal 
competition in a market <laughs> forcing innovation and that's just my favorite thing to watch yeah, yeah that, that's going to breed new and interesting products naturally because they're always trying to outdo each other and that's, I, that's what i love about like watching the hpa wars because both companies are so committed to like pushing their products and then that pushes the other company to push their products further yeah, it's pretty exactly. cool yeah cool well that, i think that pretty much rounds up some of the stuff that we saw uh over the last week or so yeah uh, coming out obviously there's going to be more and more coming out over the coming weeks so make sure to check out all those youtube channels for the people that were there um and keep up to date with any new developments uh it'll be interesting to see what comes out of iwa as well this year um mm. coming up because you tend to get some of the manufacturers you don't see at shot show there as well so yeah we're waiting to see what happens. Uh, if we just round up, if you had to pick something you're most excited for out of what we've discussed tonight so far, what would you choose? I can probably mm. guess Tom's answer already. Yeah, mine definitely has to be the PRK9. As I said, it, it blends together two of the things that I've been looking for into Airsoft for a long time. That The ARP9, one of the staples of now popularity in airsoft especially in the united kingdom and for me the tactical ak style it's just all pushed and blended into one thing multiple options three different things and just because i'm a bit of an arsehole a drum mag so it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's that perfect blend of just me really and i will absolutely be putting my money on the counter when that comes out i don't know if there's been a quarter mention but i'm i'm pretty sure they have just said 2020 so sometime this year i will absolutely be putting my money down for a prk9 cool uh eric i mean well obviously it's the wrecked dart guns no but uh in, in all seriousness um i think probably the thing i'm most excited for of what we talked about is uh it's probably the Hollow Sun Red Dot, uh, just because I'm interested yeah. to see that continue to push Red Dot technology forward for airsoft, firearms, and everything else I do. Mm. Yeah, exactly, because we have to think that's, albeit that's, we're looking at that from an airsoft perspective and how cool that could potentially be for an airsoft application. At the end of the day, it is a real steel thing as well. And yeah, people and in I'm airsoft very excited. will spend real steel money on sights and lasers and all sorts of stuff, so. I mean, we're all running, interesting. most of us, I imagine, are running around with Vortex sites, which are obviously real steel sites. So well, certainly in our area, Tom. Yeah, I don't know well, about generally speaking, but certainly in our, definitely in our area, there's yeah, a lot of Vortex going. Yeah. Bushnell and Primary Arms are very popular in the United States who yeah. make mm. you know lower-end real firearm-ready optics. So not too many people are buying Airsoft-specific anymore. Right, yeah. Cool. Uh, for me, I... The obvious thing I suspect for me would be to see the Ronin T10. <laughs> because because yeah. I've already got the TK45, uh, and I've got other KWA products, and I know how well built they are, and I know they're really solidly made bits of kit. Mm. But honestly, I think the one that could surprise me isn't actually a gun. I think it's the M-Tech. Really? Yeah. Because I don't, I don't run lids at the yeah. moment because Neither. it's tough finding ones that actually fit my fat head yeah we've all got that problem so having heard what eric said i can't wait to see a store with one so i can try it out and see what it's like mm. because if if that saves me having to go out and buy a team wendy which let's be honest is a very good helmet i own uh, one they're amazing yeah 
Um, I mean, it's the first time I've actually tried on a lid and gone, that was really comfortable when mm. Sheep very kindly loaned or kindly let me try his on when I was out there last year. Um, thanks, Sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Big uh, up sheep. Yeah, love sheep. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think that is actually sort of my standout product at the moment. Mm, nice. Uh, uh, other, yeah. other than obviously the KWA stuff. And I, I stand <laughs> by the fact that the QRF Mod 3 is the 10mm mag unlock for the QRF. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyone I agree. who Anyone I agree. who plays Call of Duty will completely appreciate that reference. Yeah, um, no, get that. But yeah, that's it for this week. A little bit longer than normal, actually, but we had so much to discuss there. Yeah, that, uh, I'm impressed yeah. we kept it this brief. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was I was actually talking last week and we were saying there didn't seem to be a lot coming out, but then as you look into what's actually been coming out, it's there's more than you think. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of interesting conversations. There's only so much you can keep up with from the different content creators that mm-hmm. were there the different media personalities that were there so yeah it's great uh that's it for this week so let's start with tom where can people find you uh my main would thing would be instagram which is at call sign underscore scoff which is s-c-o-f-f uh i don't really have anything else aside from that i'm just a normal skirmisher that enjoys the sport immensely and yeah you can find me on my instagram Post. He sounded like Kev there, didn't he? Did I? Yeah, I'm just a regular guy. I'm just a regular. <laughs> I'm just a regular guy. <laughs> I'm doing fine. No, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He's going to uh, call you racist for that. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm signing off. <laughs> uh, no. Eric, where can people find you? Uh, I mean, you can find me at your local bar, but uh, other than that, you can also find me on YouTube at Gun Gamers. You can find me on Instagram call or not excuse me gun game oh my god ehouse underscore gun gamers i forget all the different instagram formats <laughs> right uh yeah. then i uh have my facebook group the gun gamers discussion group and yeah i think those are the main places you'll find me cool um and hopefully we need to start a campaign to get eric to naf this year yes yeah just I so we to. can get drunk forget the airsoft side of it we'll just get drunk yeah no airsoft is a dead meme nerf or nothing i'll go get drunk <laughs> <laughs> oh is that the title is it great <laughs> and uh that's it from me guys uh, you know where to find me by now i hope uh thank you very much for tuning in thanks eric and tom for your time thank you and thank the you. prompts for stuff that i may have missed um so we'll see you guys next time on the chess after show take care of each other take your hits don't be a dick bye for now <laughs>